Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from EO Fire, and you're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys with your show host, Paul Teague. It's the must-listen weekly podcast for all indie authors who are prepared to ignite. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Monday the 30th of May. This is to accompany episode 13 of the podcast. Lots of news once again this week. I'm surprised at actually how busy it gets as far as my writing is concerned, bearing in mind I'm doing other things as well. I think the thing I was happiest with this week is that I got my highest Audible payout ever. Now, Audible is my audiobook version of The Secret Bunker. And with this, I just did an experiment. Uh, it must be almost a year ago now. I wanted to go through the experience of listing a book on acx.com, which is the Audible site. I just wanted to see what was involved. And so I, I advertised and trialed and commissioned people to read the book. And I decided that because I hadn't really got any sales behind me at that time, I couldn't really do it on a revenue share. We couldn't go 50-50 because I wasn't really shifting enough copies of the book for that to be attractive to somebody. So I knew that I would have to pay somebody to do that. So I had to advertise within a, a certain budget. I couldn't spend a fortune on it as, as it was an experiment. I really didn't know how it was good to go. So I think I ended up paying, I think it was about $1,000, which is what, about 600, 650 pounds to get the whole book narrated. And uh, Dan McGowan did that for me, did a great job of it. He He actually offered me a a set fee price to do the whole book. And it was a good experience, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed working with Dan. He was great fun, very professional. Um, but I, I guess really the, the, the problem always was that it was the first book in a trilogy. I should have done a standalone in many respects. I, I, I couldn't really, frankly, afford to get the other two done at the time. And, and really, it's still not a financial priority for me. So it was very much an experiment. And, and of course, the audio book did then promote the other two books in the series that you could go and actually read the books. So I, I did that and I sold one or two. And one of the great things ACX does is it gives you some free codes. It gives you codes. I think it's 20 codes, if I remember rightly, 20 codes on a spreadsheet that you could use in the, in the US at first. And I found out that you could request them for the UK. So what that allows you to do is to give away free copies of your audio book. And I'd given away a few of these and I'd sold a few audio books and got a few reviews on there, but it really wasn't firing. And then I saw uh, an article or, or heard a presentation about a site called audiobookboom.com, audiobookboom.com. And this site allows you to, to, in effect, give away those free codes to people who like to listen to audiobooks. And in exchange, the, the unspoken deal is that they will then leave you reviews on your audiobook. And it just gives you that momentum, which is something that people who are starting an independent publish really um, suffer from not being able to get that initial momentum. So I signed up for Audiobook Boom. Um, it wasn't uh, very much. It was about $10 or something like that. And I got lots of requests in for copies of the audiobook. Now, interestingly, I got more more requests from the United States. So I very quickly burned up my initial allocation of free codes. I went back to acx.com and said, can I have some more codes, please? And they gave me another spreadsheet of 20 or 30 or whatever it was. So I actually got through a lot of codes. Didn't get through so many in the UK. I got rid of some more in the UK, but not nearly as many as I got rid of in the US. And uh, I'm not really quite sure how that has subsequently led to 
uh, an uptake in sales. I don't know whether I get paid for the freebies, whether I get a premium or something if people haven't used audiobooks before, but but whatever. I got my highest payout uh, this month. It came in this week for, for Audible, and, that, and that's fabulous. It's lovely when you see channels which have been a little bit quiet. It's just been literally dribs and drabs with Audible. It was nice to get at least a decent payout um, this week from Audible. So if you've got an audiobook, and um, number one, you need to know that you can get those codes. Just email acx.com, and you can get them uh, for .com, audible.com and audible.co.uk. And if you are struggling to get that impetus going with your audiobook, then um, give it a try. I, I would highly recommend it, and I would do it again if I get audiobooks produced in the future. Uh, the whole audiobook experience would be very good for me. You get a choice of royalty options with acx.com, and I wasn't prepared to sign off my royalties for seven years. I mean, some marriages don't last that long, but that's what uh, Kindle or Amazon want you to do uh, in, in, in ACX.com. I wasn't ready to do that. So I actually take a lower royalty and I kept the rights for the audio. Now I've got some freebie audio on SoundCloud and it means that I can sell it from my own website if I want to. Now again, there's not really probably enough impetus going uh, on that book to, to warrant that, but I could definitely sell that audio through my website if I wanted to. And if there were any decent audio sites available, I have looked at a couple, but none of them really excite me. The deal doesn't excite me. Um, then I could also list my audio there. I'm free to do that. So that's audiobookboom.com. I'll put that link in the resources area. Uh, I interviewed Tim Lewis this week. Tim is the host of the Begin Self-Publishing podcast. I think you've probably heard me mention this before on the diet. I do recommend that you check it out. Um, uh, Tim and I, I, I think I was listening to his podcast and thought, yeah, I really agree with you, what you're saying technically there and strategically. Tim's podcast is, is, is more technical than mine is. Mine's more about talking to guests. Uh, Tim sort of delves into the softwares a little bit more, but doesn't overgeek it. So I was very keen to talk to him because he writes, of course. He's done a lot of writing. He's done a, a trilogy, a sci-fi uh, trilogy, and he's got some sort of fantasy uh, books out as well. So I was keen to talk to him about his self-publishing journey, and you'll hear his interview coming up on the podcast in a couple of weeks' time. One of my uh, strategies for just getting publicity, attention, momentum for my books is to enter lots of competitions. And you'll have heard me talking last week about my, my mild disappointment about not being able to go in for Richard and Judy's competition. Uh, this week, I entered the Reader's Favourite competition. I'll put the link on the resources area here. It's Reader's Favourite, and Favourite is spelt the American way. So it's F-O-V-O-R-I-T-E, Reader's Favourite. Now, this is a site I stumbled across accidentally. I don't even know where I found it. You know what it's like on the web when you keep finding things. So it's a pretty big site. Uh, what they do here is they offer, they've got this lovely uh, book award that they do every year. And I must um, just stress to you before I forget, the deadline for that is the 1st of June. So if you're listening to this as uh, when I broadcast it, you haven't really got long to get your entry in. So it'll be an entry for a book that you've already written and that's ready to go. It doesn't need any preparation. It's easy enough to enter. Uh, they also have uh, author services. So they, they publish articles and have promotional services, but they also have um, real reviews from readers. So you can actually get reviews for your book from this site as well. Now, I haven't tested it out at all. Uh, I, I can't particularly uh, vouch for it, but it, it's a very uh, professional site. It's a very well presented site. Um, and the competition has some good prizes with it. Uh, it's got sort of, they have a, a pool of $50,000 across all of the 
entry levels that they've got within the competition. There's all sorts of bits and pieces that you win um, if you are chosen, certificates and all the usual bits, digital seals and things like that. Um, I, I really, I'm still not sure whether there's any value to doing these competitions. So I, I still keep doing them. Um, you know, for instance, one of the things that excited me about this is that you could opt to have the chance to have your book made into a movie or a TV show by a US company. Well, I'm clearly interested in that with both of my trilogies. So I opted for that when I entered my book. So it doesn't cost a fortune. I think it was, I think it was £65 per entry. And if I were to win in my category, it would give me a sticker and you could show it off and put it on the book. And all of these things help. They just drive some more traffic to your book. So again, my, my jury is out about whether there's any benefit to these, but my strategy is, is that I, I'm trying different competitions. And then as I, if I, if I win them and what's usually happening is I'm, I'm getting listed as a, uh, also ran is, is not the phrase they use. I'm trying to think of the, the posher phrase that they use. Um, but, um, they, they, they list you as, as a, as a not quite a winner, uh, not, not just an entrant, but somebody who's at least been ranked. And I've forgotten what the title is that they give to that. But, um, I've been listed in that category, quite a few of them now. And, uh, in one of them, I got, uh, stickers that I could put on my secret bunker books that give me a, a you know, say that I'm a, an indie book award winner. And, and my view of that is that these things can't possibly hurt you and they're not costing a fortune now as I say it's early days for me Uh, I've only been self-publishing for a couple of years I'm trying all these things basically what I'm working through is a a year's worth of competitions as I find new competitions I give them a try once make a judgment about them and then decide whether I'm going to go in for them in the future and and what I end up with I hope is is a is a core of competitions which I think are really worthwhile and which I'll enter whenever I have books out that's really what I'm trying to achieve with that so just to let you know then the reader's favorite competitions are uh, open now they close on the 1st of June it's very easy to enter you just got to upload your files so so it needs to be for a book that's written already uh, but I found the process excellent for, for entering and I'll let you know how I got on I think I entered in how many categories I think I entered three categories I put the grid one in I put the secret bunker one in and I put my author platform book in and then because I put so many entries in they let me have a free category so I I put uh, the grid one into another category so I think I've entered in four categories so hopefully from that we'll we'll get at least some ranking for the books and if I get really lucky then we'll also get some action potentially with 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 film so I just think you've got to try it you've got to try these things and just see where they lead they can't do any harm and they're not breaking the bank for the entries so my policy is keep going with it. Uh, some excellent progress with Don't Tell Meg, my thriller that I'm writing at the moment. I, I'm absolutely surprised. It was only well, was a couple of weeks ago that I started the book. Three weeks I've been at it now. And my word count now is at 30, what is it? 33 and a half thousand, I think it is, in, in three weeks, which is draft one. So on Thursday, I wrote 5,582 words. And today... This is really sad. I woke up early today. I woke up at 5.30 because I I always plan the night before. So I know when I sit down, I can just get on with the writing. I know where I'm going with the story. Uh, I woke up sort of excited to get writing this morning at 5.30. So I'd written, I think, 1,600 words before I even brought my wife a cup of tea in bed this morning. So um, I've written 6,647 words today, which is a pretty good word count. I, I normally try to get to 5,000 on my writing day. So I'm pretty pleased with that. Uh, my eyes were hanging out at the end of that. That's quite a lot of writing. 
Uh, don't really want to do that too often. Uh, 5,000 is about my level. So um, I'm very pleased with that. We're, we're a third of the way through, so that's part one finished now on a nice little cliffhanger, but I was getting very excited and I wanted to get to the cliffhanger. Um, very pleased with it at the moment. Uh, it, it, you know, it's going a bit too well at the moment. I've nicely set up the scene, the tension, uh, the, the, the threat. We haven't got a dead body yet. There is a dead body there, but nobody knows about it. Um, and I've set up loads of potential uh, suspects, all the intrigue and the relationships, and it's all been set up nicely. So uh, we're moving into the next phase now, which is going to be uh, where they find the first body and we don't know who the heck did it. So uh, re really enjoying the thriller writing. I love writing the characters and the relationships and the, the red herrings and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, really enjoying that experience. On a more sort of techie theme this week, um, I've started to send web traffic to my uh, self-publishing academy, my training site. I mentioned this to you last week. And because I don't have a, uh, a list of subscribers in self-publishing yet, and that's something I hope to build through the podcast as that develops, I'm having to pay for traffic and drive free traffic to that offer at the moment. So um, I've been using Google AdWords, which I haven't touched for a long time. I, I've had little skirmishes with AdWords in the past, but I haven't used AdWords for a long time. So I've, I found this very, very interesting. And with self-publishing, I've been very happy with the amount of traffic that the AdWords are sending. And I've been very happy with the cost per click. So my cost per click has been um, 33 pence. So if you think that it's 33 pence for a click to a £197 sale. Now, clearly not every click leads to a sale. This is the bit I'm going to tell you about next. Um, I'm happy with 33 pence per click. Now the problem is mine because Google is sending me some very nice traffic. My, my ads are, are converting. People are clearly uh, clicking on them. Um, based on the self-publishing related keywords. That's exciting. Uh, and now I've got this web traffic, but actually the sales aren't at the right level. The the number of clicks to sales is not satisfactory. So what I now have to do with this sales page, and this is where you have to take it on the chin, you have to say, okay, version one of the sales page, for whatever reason, is not resonating with the people who click. They're clicking to find out how to do self-publishing or how to self-publish their book. And for whatever reason, my sales page isn't speaking to them. So over this weekend, I'm going to be working on some um, something called Thrive Themes, which creates nice sales pages in WordPress. And I'm going to be generating three more versions of my sales page to test, because what I'm hoping to do is to get my clicks down so that I'm, I'm paying as low an amount as possible to get the clicks to the website. And then from those clicks, I need to be converting as many of those people as possible to try and get them then to buy the self-publishing academy. So that's the game I'm playing at the moment. I'll, I'll talk to you about that. It's a very key part of marketing because effectively you can get the web traffic, you can get people visiting a site, but you can't necessarily make them buy. And if you're if they're not buying then the offer's not right. And you have to take that on the chin and you have to go back and you have to do it again. And there are lessons to learn here really with book covers and with book blurbs, because if the offer is not enticing for the audience, regardless of whether you've got the traffic of the eyeballs on it, they're not going to buy. So it's always the same principles with marketing. First of all, we've got to get the people to look at what we're offering. Then we've got to get them to part with their cash. 
And that's what I'm focusing on with self-publishing academy at the moment. But that struggle always goes on for all of us with our books, of course. Um, last night, I recorded another podcast with David Robertson. Now, David, I met at the Troubadour event a couple of weeks ago that I mentioned in the diaries. It was in Leicester. It was a self-publishing conference. And uh, David has written a book for seven to ten-year-olds. I'm sure that's the age group. It's a picture book. And uh, he's got a great artist on board with that. And the book's lovely. And I thought, I haven't talked to anybody who's done a picture book yet. So I interviewed David last night. He's got an amazing story. We talk about, uh, you know, a guy who's been through the ringer uh, in life. And, and, and actually, it took this to finally get him to put pen to paper, really start writing. And he's really firing on all cylinders now with his writing. So David's uh, podcast interview is coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I always record several weeks in advance. And actually, out of that interview, uh, David was talking about the artist that he's worked with, a gentleman called Ian R. Ward. And because of what David and I were saying in the interview, I thought, Joe, I really want to get an artist on to find out how the artwork is done in a book and how much is done digitally and, and how they do demonstration pictures and how they work with authors to get the pictures done. So I'm hoping, Ian has said, yes, he'll come on the podcast. I'm hoping to record Ian in the next couple of weeks so we can get an artist and illustrator on and find out how all of this is done. Uh, last update for you. I mentioned last week that I was going to do a Goodreads giveaway on the grid one. That giveaway went live. I think it was on, on Monday. So at the time of recording this, it's been running for five days. Remember, it's UK only. You always get far more activity if you do th these things in the USA. But if you remember rightly last week, I did warn you that if you do it um, internationally, you can end up paying a fortune for the postage. So, so far, uh, five days in, we've got 88 people requesting five copies of the book in the UK. So what I would hope that's going to run, I think it's running to the end of June. It runs, I usually run them for about a month. So what I would hope that that would get to maybe 200 by the end of the promotion. And remember all of these people who are looking at the book, this is I, but it's dr driving traffic to the book. Even if they don't win it, a lot of people will say, oh, I fancy reading that. I'll put that on my to read list. So this is the benefit of a Goodreads giveaway. So 88 people at the moment, you always get a really big flurry at the end with Goodreads giveaway. So even if you're a bit disappointed with your numbers during the giveaway, in the last couple of days, the numbers always go right up. So it's never over until it's over with good reason giveaways. So um, I'll, I'll just keep giving you updates about the numbers and you can see how that grows and then judge the value for yourself. It's half term next week in the UK. So uh, the kids are off. Um, I change the way that my week is organised because my, my wife only works part-time term time, so she'll be off next week. The kids are all at home uh, next week. So it changes the way that I, I work. And obviously, we try and get some days out with the family as well. So probably there will be no writing next week. It just depends, but I don't think there's going to be any writing next week. Um, and that's why I wanted to get my book to the end of part one. It's found a natural uh, conclusion or resting point there. What I will probably do over the next week uh, during half term, where things are a little bit, more, bit more up in the air and a bit more unpredictable, is I will probably use that for planning and, and tying down the action of the next parts of the book so that when I am ready to write in a week's time, I hit the ground running. I'm not there scratching my head trying to figure out what happens next. It's all planned out in my mind and I can just then lay it down onto the paper. But I, I need to have that book written. I'm looking at my whiteboard here again. I need to have that book written and, and ready to go 
for, for copy editing and proofreading by the end of July. It's going to go to Helen, who is my proofreader, and you can hear Helen. Helen is my guest on this week's podcast episode. Helen's great. So, so pleased that she does my editing work for me. She gives me really a valuable uh, feedback. She, she actually enjoys the, the books. I met Helen, actually. She's a, a local proofreader. I met Helen at an event I was teaching about self-publishing, talking to local people how to do it, how to get started in self-publishing. And Helen was sitting in the audience. She approached me afterwards because she said she, she liked the sound of my books. And I had a bad experience with an editor uh, before that time. And uh, she did a sample edit on my book. And we just got on extremely well. And she's now edited six, all, all, all six of my fiction books. And she's booked in to, to edit the thriller. I got, <laughs> I've got to warn her about the thriller. If you're listening to this, Helen... Um, I did mention the uh, the sex scene last week. My wife hasn't read it yet, so I can't give you any feedback on the sex scene just yet. Um, and, and there's quite a lot of swearing in it. It's very different from the books I've written so far. So uh, i I got to warn you, Helen, it, it's quite a different read coming this time. So uh, I hope that's going to be uh, okay. I need to flag that up, and I'll have to flag it up actually when we sell the books. I might remove a lot of the swearing in the meantime, but it just seems to really work, and it sits well in the story. It just works how the story works. So um, it's probably going to stay in there. So I know I limit my audience with that a little bit, but I think it's probably fair to say that it's definitely it's an eighteen book. It's an eighteen rated book. Okay, so that's it for this week's podcast diary. It's another busy one. Uh, I'll have another diary update for you next week. And as always, if you want to get in touch with me directly, I'm all over the place on social media, but you can email me. I see all those emails at paul at paulteague.com. I'll speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. If you're new to self-publishing, you might also like to check out selfpublishingacademy.com, the step-by-step guide to getting your manuscript off your hard drive and into print. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.